Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I have another dad series to bring you. So today I speak with Clint Roberts, and you may know Clint from Brie and Clint on ZM. And Clint takes us through his beautiful wife, Lucy's pregnancy, and then the birth of their daughter, Tui. He's really honest about their experiences and takes us through what it was like to have a newborn and sort of how they coped through that period with a baby who didn't like to sleep that much. And yeah, I think it'll be a relatable episode for those of you who have children. And if you're a dad or mum to be, I think you'll also get a lot out of this episode. So thank you very much, Clint, for joining me on the podcast. I would love to know your feedback at the end of the episode. So feel free to jump on to Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales or send me an email kiwibirthtales at gmail.com I'd love to hear from you awesome let's jump into the episode hi Clint thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today hey Jordan no problems thanks for having me no worries do you want to tell us a little bit about you and who's in your family yeah sure uh, my name is Clint Roberts and I am a do I still get to call myself a new dad <laughs> Tui, my daughter is um on the verge of turning 10 months old um and I definitely still feel like a new dad. So yeah. I'm going to go with new dad. I think anything <laughs> within the first year you can say new sure. dad. I'm still, it's every, every um, experience is still in a new season. So we yeah. can still say new dad. Absolutely. Um, uh, so I am married to Lucy Slight. Um, and together we had our first daughter, Tui, in July last year. Um, she's great. She's a happy, healthy baby who um, has always been healthy but wasn't always happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people can probably relate to that one. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. had, um, I'm sure we're going to get into it in the podcast, but um, yeah, we had a, I, I, I'm hesitant to say rough start to parenting because people have definitely had it a lot rougher than us, but you only know what you know. And for you sure. only know your normal. Yeah. And for us, it was a real roller coaster of a first three months but we'll yeah. we'll get into that yeah we will indeed awesome and do you want to take us through what age you were when you became a dad so i was 33 was i 33 yeah no no i was 32 do you get to an age where you forget how old you are and you just know that you're so. in your 30s that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's where i'm at you know you know you're on one side of th or the other of 35 yeah and that's where i'm at um yeah. i just count the number of weeks that two years now that's what i do <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, I was 32 um, and my wife Lucy was a year older than me. She was 33. 
Yeah. Awesome. And were you guys trying for the pregnancy? Do you want to take us through that experience and how you made that decision if you were? Yeah, we were trying. Um, we knew that we wanted children. Um, Lucy and I had always talked about having kids and never agreed on a number of children. I always <laughs> said, however many kids Lucy, cause I knew Lucy's number was low. And, um, I always said, however many kids Lucy wants, I'll just aim for one more than that. <laughs> um, so, and that, but that's before we ever had kids and before we ever went through the, um, yeah. uh, the process, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were, um, we decided we would try for children. We got married in 2018 and we did all the stuff that we wanted to do. We, um, went on honeymoon. We, um, actually put plans in place to begin majorly renovating our house at the same time as deciding to try for a mm -hmm. baby. Yeah. And I remember saying to Luce after we'd had the first meeting with the builder and we knew that we were going to have to move out of our house for a decent amount of time and sort of anticipating the stresses that would come with a major renovation. I said to her, do we need to delay the baby thing? Do we need <laughs> to like, should we put this off until after the renovation? And she said to me, it could take us a year to get pregnant. It could take longer. So we may as well just try. <laughs> yeah. I thought, okay. Yep. No. Yeah. I'll take your lead. I take her lead on most things. <laughs> and I think three months after that, um, Lucy peed on the stick and we got the um, positive result. So we had two months of, of, I, I think two months of decent, um, trying, decent trying, um, <laughs> of trying yeah. and, Two and, and I guess two negative results, and um, so I believe in the grand scheme we got pregnant quite easily. Um, yeah. Especially, I have friends who it was a heck of a lot harder than that, and yeah. friends who are still trying. So we count ourselves very, very lucky. But it's like anything; it's what you know, right? And so I, yeah, sure. I could tell that after the first two, Luce was quite even. Luce was quite disappointed after just two months of trying. Yeah. Um. So when we got that third one, you go. Oh, Oh yeah, everything works. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And you have you have this um you have this manly boost of confidence where you go, <laughs> Yeah, I did it. Job job done. Good work, fella. Yeah, well I, well before we I, I I'd never been in this situation, never even had a pregnancy scare before. Weird term pregnancy scare. Um yeah. but like a like a possible pregnancy. So there's always also always something in the back of your mind as a man that goes, Does it work? Yeah, like yeah. I know, I know it works, but does it? Does it? Uh, you know, like, it, am yeah. I, am I running? Am I running with a um with a loaded gun here? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. And when you found out that Lucy was pregnant, what were your sort of expectations of pregnancy? Did you know much about what to expect from the next nine months, or were you sort of going into it a bit blind? And then, what was your experience actually like? Completely blind. Um, I hadn't read a single book. I'd barely engaged with my friends who had had children. I think because yeah. when they were having kids, I wasn't at a stage of my life where I was looking to glean any information yeah. from them. You know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't on my radar, but it wasn't relevant to me. And it's not that I wasn't happy for them because I was, but I didn't get it. And Lucy and I have talked about this a lot, how the people who have kids already, when you were going through it, just have such a deeper understanding for what you're doing. And I think that's what everybody who is pregnant for the first time really needs. They need their friends around them who have done it to go, 
yeah. we know what you're feeling. It's almost unspoken, you know? Yeah. Um, in saying that, we had great support from everybody, um, even especially our friends who didn't have kids as well. It's not uh, anything against them, but it also made me think of my friends who got pregnant first and younger, and yeah. I thought, who did, they, who did they lean on? Like, who in our friend group were they able to look at? So yeah. anyway, um, sorry, I'm rambling. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I actually listened to your podcast to try and get some information that was closer to the birth because I was like, God, I'm going into this and I, I need to be, <laughs> I need to be prepared. Like I need to not yeah. be, I need to not be like shocked or anything in this situation. <laughs> so I listened to your podcast to try and get some information because I'm not a big reader. So this was yeah. really helpful for me. I know there's plenty of books out there, but I'm just going to say I'm not a big reader. So yeah. And, and for that reason, I'm really um, stoked to be a guy on your podcast because there's not a lot of information out there for dads. There's not yeah, a lot of sure. um, firsthand information. There's lots of like, we did antenatal and everything. And they tell you like the anti lady to antenatal class told me to be ready to catch the baby. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, that seems like bizarre advice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. And did you feel, I think this is a popular question among, especially mums um, are really interested in this. Did you feel a bond with your baby or to your baby when Lucy was pregnant or do you think it came after? I saw this question in your notes and I've reflected on it a little bit and I'd love to say that I did, but I don't believe that I did. I was very excited for something new and for this person to come along and to meet this person, but I don't recall some deeper moment where I lay with my head on Lucy's belly and (laughs) um, felt, you know, I did, I did. and that's just being that's just being honest. I was very excited yeah. and uh nervous and looking forward to the to the day that I got to meet whoever it was. Because we, we didn't find out whether Tui was gonna be a boy or a girl. Yeah. Um but no, nah, there wasn't there wasn't I felt a, I, this is what I did feel. I felt a really strong bond with my wife. Yeah. Like I her and I were doing this thing together. And we were living in a caravan at one point <laughs> and uh, while we were renovating and we were on this journey together and it was a real sense of me and her. And I was incredibly proud of her the whole way through and just watching her and the changes that were going on with her. I felt a strong bond with her is what yeah. I would say. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think um, it's yeah an interesting question because I get that a lot from mums who are like, my partner feels no bond to our baby like while well, I'm pregnant and I'm really struggling with that. So I think it's encouraging for them and for other 2B dads out there to know that it's totally normal to feel that way and it doesn't change how you feel about your baby once they're born. 100% doesn't. And to any yeah. guys who might be listening to this, there is a seismic shift that happens. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't presuppose what will happen for you. But I can say for me, there was a there was a major shift yeah. in my feelings the first time I saw Tui. Yeah, it kind of awesome. hit me all at once. Yeah, and I saw I saw this person who I knew was my person for the rest of my life, and and it, it sort of grabbed me in that moment. I don't know, maybe guys need more tangible; they need to see it, they need to hold it, yeah. for it to feel real. I think I did, and yeah. it, it it did it did come for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And I know you touched on antenatal classes, but do you want to take us through sort of anything that you learned from antenatal classes? And do you think it's beneficial for partners to go with their wife or girlfriend when they're pregnant? Yes. Go. Do not not go because you'll be the only dad in the room who didn't go. 
first yeah. of all that's not that shouldn't be your motivation for going but just know if you skip it all the other dads didn't skip it okay and <laughs> yeah. your name is mud uh it was a really important process for us i'll give you an anecdote on why it was important the first one that you go to or the one that we went to they told us to bring a teddy with a nappy on so we had to organize that stuff and i was like cool 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 we can do this and we're getting ready for the class and lisa and i popped the nappy on and i um proud of myself put the um the 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 teddy with the nappy on on my instagram story and then put my phone away we went to the class came back afterwards and no it must be before the class started before the class started i checked my phone and i had about 50 messages from mums <laughs> and dads out there going the nappy is on backwards. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, tab to the front, baby yeah. 101. Yeah. So, uh, and that, and of course, we quickly switched it around, but antenatal class was good for, for simple things like that. Yeah. I will say about antenatal class that I feel that it focuses too much on the birth. Yeah. This, my personal opinion is it focuses too much on the birth and not enough on that fourth trimester when yeah. you get home and you have to do all of that stuff. And maybe there needs to be two classes. Maybe there needs to be yeah. a birth class and also a, here's the fundamentals of raising a child <laughs> yeah. in the first three months. Yeah. Because we were overloaded with information about the birth, which actually went out the window when we had the birth because yeah. nothing went to plan. Nothing yeah. was how we thought it was going to be during the birth. So that stuff that we learnt, was actually not applicable to us in the end. Yeah. And then we had this beautiful baby who we didn't know what to do with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I and, think that's relatable for sure. Yeah. So, yes, it's it's helpful, but uh, there's more you will need to know. What I'm yeah. Saying. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And do you want to take us through Lucy going into labor and sort of how were you feeling? What were you able to do to support her? And what was your birth experience like? Lucy going into labor um, reads like a comedy. Um, it was around the time of the Cricket World Cup. It was during the Cricket World Cup. And I'm really into the cricket. And the Black Caps were in the semi-final against <laughs> India. And it was being played in England. And so the game started at 9 o'clock and they generally went until 3 in the morning. And so Lucy went to bed at 9. She was really tired. Because uh, she was about to have a baby, and <laughs> I stayed up and I watched the cricket. And my friend Heather um, messaged me because I again showed on my Instagram story that I was watching the cricket. And my friend Heather watched me and she said, "If you stay up to watch the cricket tonight, your wife will go into labour at three o'clock in the morning, and you will start the birth on the back foot. You'll be exhausted and you won't like it." <laughs> to which I responded. But it's the semi-final. What am yeah. I supposed to do? Um, so I stayed up and watched the cricket. Um, I watched the first innings and then it started raining. And so at one o'clock in the morning, I went to sleep on the couch. I thought I won't go and disturb Luce. She wasn't in labor. We weren't expecting the baby to come that night. So I went to sleep on the couch, got a blanket, went to sleep. Three o'clock in the morning, she comes out. Maybe four o'clock, she comes out. I think it was four. And she shakes me and she goes, uh, I'm having contractions. The baby's coming. <laughs> and I just had this absolute panic attack. I was like, what have <laughs> I done? I'm in the worst possible situation. All this planning and I've screwed it up on the first time. I've had three hours sleep. I need nine hours sleep at the best of times. Like, this is not a great way to start this. 
And I was like, okay, okay, all right, okay, okay, yep, 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 let's do this. And I got up and I took myself to the bathroom. I was like, I need to go to the toilet. I went to the bathroom and I actually nearly passed out. I don't know why. I don't I don't normally get like this, but I had this rush of blood to the head. And maybe I just got up too fast, but I actually felt like I was going to pass out and I had to get down and squat on the ground and just go, <laughs> oh, my God, oh, my God, get your shit together. This yeah. baby's coming. It's time. It's time. You've got to do this. <laughs> so I came out and I said to Luz, okay, what do you need? And she said, I think I want to have a bath because that's what we learned in the antenatal class. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to run you a hot bath, a warm bath. And I ran in the bath and she looked at me and she said, how much sleep have you had? And I said, three hours. And she goes, okay, go to bed and get as much sleep as you can because we're on. I was like, okay, cool. Great plan. And sleeping is my superpower. That's what I do better <laughs> than anything else. So I was able to get into bed, compartmentalize everything. And I was asleep within four minutes Yeah, and uh, got another two hours sleep and woke up at six and loose was, uh, in the lounge, still having contractions. And I was like, okay, cool, we're on. Let's do this. Um, from there, she had a contraction every 10 minutes, I think, between 10 and 20 minutes constantly without stopping. And that was okay. And I was on the timer. I instantly got that app and I was timing her contractions. And they never really changed in this, uh, the, the distance apart. And we stayed in the same spot in the lounge for the whole day. She couldn't eat. I tried to feed her. They say you got to feed um, the mum, but she couldn't eat. So I was just getting her drinks of water and I think cups of tea. And then we went into the evening and we were still at home and nothing had really changed. We were in contact with our midwife. Yeah. And it got to nine o'clock and um, nothing. And so basically we spent that, we almost spent 24 hours at home, just her having constant contractions. And we tried to get some sleep, but it just wasn't going to happen. We lay down by midnight. We were both exhausted from that day and we tried to get some sleep and it wasn't going to happen because the contractions just woke, just woke her up instantly. Yeah. So we got up and anyway, um, she started to get really tired and it got to about three o'clock in the morning and she'd been in having these contractions for 24 hours. And so we called our midwife and we said, we want to come in. This is after having called her three times saying, we think we should come in. And she's like, you need to calm down. <laughs> Eventually she let us come in. And when we got there, we realized why she wanted to delay us because it was really busy. We had the baby at Waitakere hospital and it was like baby, baby, baby. Oh. And she was exhausted. She had delivered three babies already, I think on that shift. And um, we got there. I think I fell asleep standing up by about <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It took a long time to come on. Lucy's water's, um, had to be broken for her and we were still planning on having the baby uh, vaginally and we did spoiler alert we did <laughs> um but it just um Tui Tui got stuck and things got really intense and we thought we were going to have the baby in the pool um and we got in the pool for a bit and we had visions of this really tranquil like i bought a i took a um ue boom with me to put on a um like a, <laughs> a soothing birth playlist <laughs> yeah. which we did end up using we had to use it because the stress got so high yeah but she just wasn't coming and we avoided the epidural because Luce didn't want to have the epidural and but she was in a lot of pain and she was pushing really really hard 
and nothing was happening. And we started to have heart rate issues with Tui and nothing was happening. And it got to something crazy around 30 hours. And Luce said, I think she even said, I want the cesarean. And they said, um, for some reason, it, it, they w- they wouldn't, they couldn't do it. I think. Yeah. Anyway, they said, we're not going to do that. You're, you're this far down the track. What they said was right. Like I'm not questioning what they said at all, but she said, well, then I want the epidural. And they were like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Let, let's get you the epidural. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they put the things in place that needed to happen to get her the epidural. And that even took two hours to get yeah. the um, anesthetist in there. But when he did finally get there, they gave it to her and, oh, my God, everything calmed down. Yeah. It just, everything just relaxed. And Luz, had, she was exhausted. She had been pushing so hard for so long and she just, her whole body relaxed and she actually got, I think she got an hour's sleep, which set us up to do the last bit. Yeah. And then in the end, um, Tui ended up being born. She wasn't going to come. She was stuck there. And she ended up being born by Von Toos. Yeah. And she came out and I watched it happen. I didn't think I was going to watch it, (laughs) but I watched it and it was magic. And we had our healthy little baby after all of that. Yeah. So it was, it was freaking intense. Um, but all in all, it was, it was a success. Yeah. Awesome. And you said you didn't know the sex, right? No, we didn't. No. Yeah. And when it came out, we, we said to the, um, uh, because we didn't book a, we didn't, what's the, what's the expert doctor you can get, you pay a lot of money for? Obstetrician. Obstetrician. We didn't opt for that, but we ended up having one in the room because the labor had gone on for so long. They just ended yeah. up getting him in and they're like, okay, you need this guy. And he was awesome. He was amazing. And we said to him, what is it? And he goes, well, we'll let you find out for yourself. <laughs> I initially had a look and I think I confused the umbilical cord <laughs> for something else. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I realized that she was a little baby girl, we just both burst into tears. Yeah. It was, it was one of the most surreal moments of, of both of our lives, I think. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. And how long did you guys spend in the hospital before you went home? So Tui was born just after five o'clock. And by the time she got cleaned up, Lucy had everything that she needed, her stitches and her shower and something to eat. We were in the room uh, at Waitakere in a shared room, which was fine. Um, Really good. There's such amazing people up there uh, by about nine o'clock. And then I wasn't allowed to stay the night. Yeah. And about 9.30, Lucy said to me, she was all good. Tui was asleep. And Lou said to me, um, you might as well go get some sleep and come back first thing in the morning. So I left about 9.30.10 and I was definitely exhausted but was on a huge high and I needed some food and I called uh, my best friend and I thought, I'm, while I'm talking to him on the phone, I'm just going to um, jump in the BK drive through. <laughs> and I got stuck in the BK drive through for 45 minutes <laughs> and it was the worst thing ever. But then I got home and got some sleep and it was great. Yeah. Awesome. I actually got home and I had a beer because 
that was what they told us in antidotal class. They said, you should celebrate. If that's how you celebrate, then you <laughs> should celebrate because it, it is one of those moments. So I was sitting there, this shell of a man in the house by myself, <laughs> knowing that my wife made her up in hospital, having this one sad, wasn't a sad beer, but if you looked at it um, objectively, you'd go, man, what a sado. Having a beer by <laughs> yeah. myself. And then I was, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And how do um, you. Lucy stayed in the hospital for uh, two nights, yeah. I think. Um, possibly three. All these details are a bit, a bit blurry for yeah, me. We yeah. didn't end up going to birth care. We stayed the first night there. The midwives are amazing. We didn't want to rock the boat because everything was working so well where it was. So yeah. she stayed there for a few nights and then just came home. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And when you came home with Tui, do you want to take us through what that experience was like and how your life changed? And did you feel prepared for that? What was that like? <laughs> Uh, no, in a word, did I feel like I was prepared? No. The first, the first night was absolutely fine. Yeah. The night after that, there's a running theme here, um, was the Cricket World Cup final. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Luce was exhausted and clearly needed some sleep. She was, she was great, but I knew that everything that she'd been through that she needed some sleep. So I set up the um the like Moses basket thing out of the pram on the coffee table and I said to her, Leave Tui with me. We're gonna watch the cricket tonight. <laughs> you take yourself to bed. And I had visions of just cuddling her and then <laughs> swaddling her and popping her in the uh, Moses basket while the yeah. cricket was on like a low level. And I'd just sit there and I'd stay up until three in the morning again and watch the cricket. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. Luce was in bed for about 45 minutes before the crying got too much and she got up and she was like, it's not working, is it? I was like, no, nah, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that night was a struggle. The night after that was really hard. We just couldn't understand why she wouldn't stop crying. Yeah, We had done the thing that we thought we were supposed to do. We'd fed her. We'd checked her nappy. We'd made sure she wasn't too hot. We'd made sure she wasn't too cold. And she just wouldn't stop crying and we couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Um, on reflection, we believe she was hungry. But because we were following the blueprint to the letter, yeah. she had eaten within whatever the window was. If, yeah. if it's 45 minutes that you feed them at that stage, I, I don't remember anymore. But we'd fed her within that. And, we, and it didn't cross our minds that she might want more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and so it just she just wouldn't stop, and we didn't know enough about the cluster feeding. We didn't know enough about the fact that just chuck the boobin, yeah. like if if all else fails, just chuck the boobin. And so we had this really stressful night, and both Lucy and I had moments where we looked at each other, and you could see in the other person's eyes <laughs> that we thought we couldn't do it anymore. We we're like, yeah. I've reached yeah. the end, and we're like, yeah. you got to remember, we're like three nights. <laughs> We're like, what have we done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we got through that and we <laughs> eventually Tilly started getting the food that she needed. Yeah. And yeah, that started to calm down. <laughs> um but but I don't think anybody can be prepared for on no. a first baby. Yeah. Unless you are unless you are some ethereal earth mother <laughs> who is just completely and i don't know i don't know if these people exist like i don't want anybody to feel bad that they're not this because they probably don't exist 
but I just don't know that there is any way that you, especially as a dad, can be prepared for that first yeah. trip home. You know? Yeah, for sure. And what do you wish yeah. someone had maybe told you about that time? Like if there was one thing that you wish you knew, what, what would it be? I went into it thinking that I would take, because my work give us uh, two weeks off. Yeah. They're really, really good. And they give dads two weeks of paid leave. Yeah. When you have a child. Um, and I had visions of using half of that, staying with Lucy, and then going back to work and using that other week here and there to do long weekends and stuff. When in actual fact, you just need to know that you are going to be all hands on deck for as long as possible. And as a dad, as, it's really hard because I know that, especially at the moment with the way things are, it's not easy to take time off your job. But as much as you can be around, the better. Because it's not even that you'll be needed to feed the baby or anything like that. You just need to be there to do everything else. Yeah. You just need to be able to make sure that all your partner has to worry about is feeding that baby. Yeah. Or or being with that baby, you know? And I'm not I'm not the cook in our family. Um but it's and if even if you're not, it doesn't matter. You just need to make sure that everything is taken care of. And and that's your job, you know, and the more yeah. you can be there the better. Um or or if if family members can be there, that's obviously a huge help as well. Yeah. Someone told me which didn't make in, it didn't help at all at the time, <laughs> but on reflection, it definitely does. Um, my friend Taryn told me that the more you can relax and just go with it, the better it's going to be. Yeah. Because the more stressed you are, the more stressed they are, and that really didn't help us at the time. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, what am I supposed to do? Just relax. One night, oh, fine. I'll just, I'll just relax. I'll just relax, and then this baby yeah. will be fine. <laughs> and it just. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. And then I look back at videos of of me, like frantically dr- trying to do the shush pat, <laughs> and like um, I had this. I thought I'd mastered this like expert like sway technique to try yeah. to 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 drift off. And I look back at these videos of me now, and you just see this person who has no idea yeah. what they're doing whatsoever. <laughs> so. You've just got to roll with the punches and, yeah. and not expect anything to be the way that you plan. Yeah, Tui was, I think the technical term for it is Velcro baby. And so that was really hard on Luce and I. Yeah. And I would come home from work and Luce wouldn't have been able to put Tui down for the entire day. Yeah. And she would still be in her pajamas and, and she'd be in tears. Yeah. And I'd open the door and I'd, and she would just, she would just be, you could see that she was at her wits end, understandably. And so then you take the baby and then you just try and take some of that pressure off. But it's mayhem. We, we, we physically couldn't put Tui down from the moment she woke up in the morning until the moment she went down in the evening for about three to four months. Yeah. She just, and then you see, you see pictures of people who, who are already at like cafes and stuff with their baby after a month. (laughs) Yeah. And or their baby is asleep in the bassinet while they're doing something else. Yeah. And you go, why don't we have that? Yeah. Why don't we have that? That's what we want. (laughs) Yeah. And because it's your first one, you don't know that it's going to pass. You don't know that you're going to get through that. Yeah. And that in the grand scheme, three months is not a long time. Yeah. When you're in it, it feels like your entire life. Yeah. (sighs) What do I wish that? 
someone had told me, everything passes. Yeah. You just need to sit in it together if you are lucky enough to be doing it together and and be honest about how you're feeling with yourself and with the people who are supporting you. Like if you're not enjoying it, don't don't feel like you have to say that you're enjoying it. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. Because people don't know that you need the support unless you tell them that you need the support. Yeah. And the support is as simple as just going, I felt the same way. Yeah. yeah. Or what you're doing or how you feel is normal. And know that even if you do feel like that this week, it will pass. Yeah. It will change and you'll come out the other side. And we now have this magical, happy baby <laughs> who's currently going through a leap and is pretty grumpy, yeah. but is just the most radiant, beautiful, happy. We call her, um, we call her our, um, our happiness generator. Um, because you just look at her and you can't help but feel happy, you know. She's yeah. just there and she, she, you don't know where she came from and you don't know, like, you don't know how you made something that looks as perfect or <laughs> beautiful as that. Yeah. But they're there and you're lucky to have them and, and, and all the hard shit was worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. I think that leads well into the next question. What do you think your favourite thing about being a dad is? I've thought about this too. And it sounds really cliche to say everything, so I'll avoid saying that. Yeah. I like that it's given um, my life a sense of purpose. Like yeah. I heard um, I heard Jeremy Wells say on his radio show once, he goes, there's a thing that happens when you have a kid and all of a sudden you understand why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Like you're going to work for a very specific reason. You're going there to make money, to feed your family, to yeah. secure their future. And that that sort of rolls over into everything that you do. Like any any investment that you make in your own health, you know you're doing it for more than yourself now. Any any job that you have to do, any thing that you have to do, it's it's really like it kind of consolidates everything in your life, having yeah. a child. Because you know you know why you're doing what you're doing now. Yeah. Um and you sort of look back at your old life, and this is not to say that people who don't have children don't feel fulfillment because sure. I definitely didn't i didn't feel I didn't feel unfulfilled before I had a child, but I look back at how I used to live my life now you know in the in the good old days, and I go it just feels like like you were just doing and you were and that's the beauty of it, I guess you're doing whatever you want <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason, yeah, whereas now you're time poor. Um, your your money is um, is already spent before you've got it, but you know why. Yeah. You know why you're doing it. So yeah. the best part of being a dad is um is that sense of purpose. I think it's definitely narrowed my focus. Like I know what I need to do. Yeah. I think. Um, and that sounds a bit vague, but it it sort of it becomes a filter to run everything through. Yeah. And you go, is this the right thing? Not just for me. Is this the right thing for my family? Yeah. Um, and so it, 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 it gives you a bit of clarity. Um, and also my favorite, one of my favorite things about being a dad is the fact that I have a little girl. Um, I absolutely would have been equally as happy if I'd had a son, but there's something that I can't quite put my finger on that is really special for me to have a little baby girl. I think I think deep down I'm actually a big softie <laughs> and she's 
she's really, really put me in touch with my emotions. And she, I don't know, she, as a dad, I think you get a different perspective on life again once you have a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I think that's, that's a perfect answer. And last question before we close up, what do you think a good piece of advice would be to give to a guy who's about to become a dad for the first time? Don't do it. No, I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> um, geez, what's good advice? I think my advice would be just lean into it. I think, yeah, and and be on hand to experience everything. Yeah, and that's the big stuff and the really small stuff as well. Some of the more mundane stuff, because some of the most magical moments I think happen in the more menial stuff. Yeah. Like Tui and I go on a walk every single morning and it's just us. And we don't do that to exclude Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) It actually began began as a way of giving Lucy some time to herself and going, okay, here's here's a part of the day where we can get out of your hair. I'm lucky with the hours that I work where I don't go into work until midday. So there's no time pressure on me in the morning that we can get out of the house. And at the start, we would walk for we would walk for two hours. If she would sleep in that front pack, we would I would walk for miles just yeah. to keep her asleep and maybe give Lucy some sleep. But it's transformed into this thing that her and I do each day. And I don't know if it's as, as special for her as it is for me, <laughs> but I really enjoy it. And we go and look at things, and she's just started waving, and so she'll wave to you, and you can wave <laughs> back to her, yeah. and she chirps away, and it's it is it is genuinely my favorite part of the day. And it's just going for a walk. Yeah. So um, Lucy's been really good for me, pushing me to slow down and enjoy things like that. Yeah. Like there have been days where I've been going, I need to empty the dishwasher or I need to do some laundry or I, I need to vacuum or I need to do this. And she, a couple of times, has physically come over to me with Tui and given her to me and said, don't do that. I'll do that. You're going to work in half an hour. Why don't you just play with yeah. your daughter? Yeah. And, and just stopping and going outside and doing something like that and, and resetting. Yeah. It's magic. Like yeah. it's it's nothing you can it's nothing you can prepare yourself for. So um it's all there. Yeah. You just have to let yourself experience it as a dad. Because yeah. I think also for dads there's so much pressure to it's a different kind of pressure. I I'm not saying there's more pressure on dads, absolutely not. There's definitely more pressure on the mums because you are so tied to that child for so long, but there's a real pressure on guys, I think to step up and be the provider and be the strong one. And, and not let anyone down. Yeah. Um, which is important because that is your job, especially at the start as a dad, you are, you are the provider, but don't be afraid to let, people know your partner and your mates if you're finding it tough yeah. because no one's set up no one's set up to handle this stuff especially yeah. the first time around you yeah. know so yeah yeah awesome yeah cool i think that's great advice thank you clint and thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and talk with me today i think there'll be a lot of guys out there who really appreciate it so thank you i hope there's some good advice in there even if the advice is um don't stay up till three in the morning <laughs> yeah. in the last two weeks of your wife's pregnancy. Yeah. You can, 
but just know that you need to be the sort of person you need to be the person who can stay awake and i'm not the sort of person who can stay awake yeah. like i said earlier sleeping is my superpower but it's also my kryptonite yeah so there you go here's my best advice get some rest <laughs> yeah. yeah i think that's a, that's a very important one <laughs> Yeah, and invest in a good coffee machine. That's my last piece of advice. Yeah. Invest it, get yourself a really good Nespresso machine before it's too late <laughs> because that thing will be that will be your most your most beloved appliance once yeah. um once your new addition arrives. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Clint. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. No problem. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at KiwiBirthTales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.